I write better what I'm teaching and I teach better what I'm writing. I have to be doing two or three different things or I can't do anything. Hello and welcome to The Common Room, a series of conversations between members of the Yale English Department. I'm Steph Newell. Today we're talking to Derek Green, who teaches on the Creative Writing Programme here in the English Department. He's the author of New World Order, a collection of linked stories set in various locations around the globe. Derek has also published non-fiction on a wide variety of subjects, and he's recently completed a novel about the rise of an armed Midwestern militia. Hi, Derek. It's lovely to talk to you. Now, I know you as co-convener of the Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Committee here in the English Department, but can you tell me a bit about your background? I have, like many writers, a weird background and unusual path to getting to that, which involved Oh, I worked for a big multinational corporation and went all over the world. That book you referred to, New World Order, is set in 12 different countries, all of which I went to and thought, why not write a story about him? And I've also written a little for television and film. I teach some of that. And as you just mentioned, I finished a novel about an armed militia just recently. Now, that's my burning question is about your current project. Your new novel focuses on an armed militia group in the Midwest. And can you tell us a bit more about it and its relevance perhaps in today's political context? (laughs) Well, it has been timely for like every minute since I started it about four and a half years ago. And it just gets more and more timely as events try to outstrip my imagination. But I keep imagining it forward. And in many ways, it does mirror and at first kind of predicted what we see now, which are these increasingly violent soldier of fortune outfits. To call them militia somehow dignifies them more than than their rigor suggests. They're kind of disorganized and they're kind of, you know, moronic in many ways, not very well led. And for all the kind of horror of what happened in the Capitol a few weeks ago as we record this, and previously in my home state of Michigan, where the novel is set, when these kind of armed groups showed up to protest. Protest when you're armed sounds kind of different than a protest to me, but that's what they do. But they do it with an eye toward spectacle and show and calling attention to themselves. So in my version of this, the idea way back when was, what if one of these soldier of fortune outfits were led by somebody who wasn't like that? Somebody who stayed quiet and had a plan that he was willing to work. How much worse things might have been recently is kind of what I was thinking. And that's where the novel begins. And it's projected as a trilogy of novels, as the rise of this militia, and then it's the attempts of their antagonists to bring them to justice. So and I call it blood and liberty, for better or worse. Can you say a little bit more about how you came to be at Yale? Many years ago, as I said, I was working for a corporation. And I recall going into an airport somewhere and seeing one of my friends from graduate school had a book that was published. And I had a panic attack. I thought, if I don't quit this and start writing, I'm going to keep doing this. What I did was I wrote the book you mentioned. And that kind of led to adapting a film version of a literary novel and a few television projects. And I ended up in New Haven because my wife was recruited to come to Yale, where she's an architect. And somebody introduced me to the director of creative writing, the wonderful Richard Deming, who agreed to meet with me to discuss the possibility one day of me teaching at Yale, which I thought might happen 
over, you know, the fullness of time. And um, Richard met with me on a Friday and called me back on a Wednesday and said, hey, would you be interested in teaching a bit in a class the following week? So that was like pretty much the fastest thing that, that had ever happened. And that was a few years ago. And I've been happily and with great rewards working with people like you, Richard, the wonderful students. So here I am, as long as they'll have me around. And what do you love most about what you do? Well, being part of the community, you know, writers are famously considered to be hermits, and in a way they are, and the joke I've mentioned even to you is that the quarantine, for all of its stresses in certain ways, is just a, a validation of a kind of lifestyle that writers have. We stay at home and we do our routine, and that's nice, but to get out and be part of a community is what really is terrific. And writers really do need to be part of a community. It's a solitary job, but that doesn't mean you don't want to be around people. And so, again, I think the the best part is to meet colleagues and the people in the creative writing department and the uh, English department at Yale. And again, the students, to have an opportunity to work with the students, some of the terrific students we have, and to, in some small way, help give them some direction is probably the most, the most rewarding part of being here. I write better when I'm teaching, and I teach better when I'm writing, so I'm one of those people who will, I have to be doing two or three different things, or I can't do anything, so... Right, thank you. And, and do you have a favourite piece of writing, music or art? Can you tell us why, uh, I, what it is and why it's your favourite? You know, writers are famously eclectic in their reading. We don't re- I don't really read with a kind of critical or theoretical framework as much as kind of way a shark swims through water, a mercenary devouring whatever comes my way. So, you know, I can be as highfalutin on some days as Gabriel Garcia Marquez and Juan Rufo. Later that afternoon, I want to read Dashiell Hammett or Stephen King. Who knows? Weirdly, I mentioned writing for television, and one of my favorite writers was John Dos Passos, the great early 20th century modernist, who wrote about systems more than people. And, and so one of my interests is how bureaucracies work on individuals and so on. So he's one of my favorite writers. Un nombre ilustre de la literatura norteamericana. John Dos Passos. Vamos a conversar con él para Telenoche. Me parece que estos muchachos no, no entienden las complicaciones, 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 complicaciones del mundo moderno. Y mucho de su rebeldía es mal. They're shooting uh, at the wrong target. Dice que están apuntando al objetivo erróneo. Sí. I just recently, though, read a great, strange little book called Things We Lost in the Fire by Mariana Enriquez, who's a young Argentinian short story writer. A mí eso me pasó con un cuento de las cosas que perdimos en el fuego, que es un cuento donde se prenden fuego las mujeres para como por forma de protesta. And so that could be my favorite. What's on the horizon for you? Have you got something coming up that excites you? Well, I'm very excited about the possibility of Blood and Liberty is now making its way out into the world, which is very, unfortunately, a very timely moment to explore. The the question of that book, an increasingly urgent question, is how does a kind of every man become radicalized, become almost an American terrorist? And that is something that we need to think about more. And so the possibility of, of the book coming out is something that keeps me going in the morning. And, uh, and I am always working on a handful of scripts that are in one degree of production hell, as, we, as it's called. And 
those, believe it or not, also keep me going. And and again, to teach. And these are all great things that, uh, that I look forward to when I get up in the morning. So I feel incredibly lucky, incredibly lucky to be here talking to you and to be part of this. And that is a great thing. Thank you, Derek. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thanks for listening to The Common Room. Our producer is Robert Scaramuccia, class of 19, and our music is by Blue Dot Sessions.